Anything Combat with Johnny K. Well, it's Anything Combat, though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat show, where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. Today, I'm joined by UFC lightweight. He looks like a welterweight because he's Jack. Please welcome Beast Boy Mike Davis. How are you, Mike? <laughs> what up, what up? How are you today? Did you train? Uh, I can't really train too much, but I did go to the gym, so I'm, I'm making do with what I can. So I mentioned you're jacked. Dude, you look like a welterweight, as I said. Yeah, you're I huge. What's your, what's your strength and conditioning like? Um, <laughs> dang. I lift full body maybe two or three times a week. Cardio two or three times a week. Train three or four times a week. Four or five times a week, actually. But right now, I'm kind of I'm just chilling, recovering. So I brought up to you that uh, Izzy Adesanya versus Sean Strickland just got announced. What do you think about that fight? I think uh, Sean's just going to get his leg kicked for like 25 minutes. <clears throat> I I like that fight for Strickland. Really? Why? I don't know. I feel like Strickland's tough. Strickland uh, likes to walk people down. It, it'll be an interesting play because Strickland has good grappling. And I feel like Izzy does not. But he has he apparently has shown good wrestling defense. So I don't know. I, I like the matchup. I think it's a fun fight to watch. And if I were to lean away, it'd probably be in Strickland's direction. Uh, do you think that Sean could you know how he did those back takes against uh Jared Cannonier? Like he didn't he didn't go and backpack him, but he kinda like held him up against the cage and beat him up. Do you see that happening against uh Adesanya? No, because I feel like he could actually take Izzy down. I see, I see. Like again, what, his grappling is good. What is uh what has made you think that? Because from the matchups I've seen so far with like Sean's career, I just kind of thought that he was good like clinch warrior. I didn't really think that he was good at like that level of wrestling. I don't I don't see his wrestling. I, I don't think the wrestling is what's gonna do it, but if he's able to again push him against the wall. Izzy makes a mistake, he's now he's on his back, something like that. Anything in that category could happen. I just see it not playing in Izzy's favor. My next question for you is your first fight in the UFC was against Gilbert Burns. What a what a ridiculous first match. Um, a difficult opponent. Can you just run us through that time in your life? Oh, man. Uh, I was working at Tire Kingdom. I was working 40... 45 hours a week, uh, lifting tires, throwing tires, doing oil changes and selling nonsense. I mean, it wasn't nonsense, but selling car parts. And I got the call while I was at work and they told me, you have an opportunity to fight for the UFC. The UFC wants you. It's like, And then they were very honest with me. My, my manager was like, the only thing is the opponent they have for you is a short notice against Gilbert Burns. And I, I said, I don't know who Gilbert Burns is, but it's a UFC, so let's just take the fight. He's like, listen to me. You're probably not going to win this fight, but <laughs> you will have a four-fight contract afterwards. I'm like, we'll see what happens. And I took the fight. I was 160 pounds when they called me. I just fought featherweight three weeks prior, and... I don't know. I just stepped up to two weight, uh, stepped up a weight class to fight someone that was up another weight class. So somehow it magically made 155. 
that never was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely ridiculous. He's huge. I want to ask you. Yeah. So, what do you, what do you think about his career so far? Good. When he moved up to welterweight, he he went on a streak, climbed all the way up into the rankings, and then I feel like he just entered into the rankings. But then, uh, while in the rankings, title contention, and he's just mauling people. Like it's great. He does really well. His last fight was Magni, right? Um, the last fight that he had, which is so unfortunate, was the one where he tore his shoulder, arm. Uh, neck against Bilal Muhammad. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Remember right. that? Yeah, I remember. Okay. That's crazy, dude. He's yeah. going to be off for so long. Yeah. I can, the shoulders are the worst. I don't even, I couldn't even imagine like the neck or anything. But to, I mean, Fuck. to see his career do so well, uh, it gives me kind of good hopes. No, I, th- I think, I think it's completely fine fight, to be honest. Um, I saw on your page something about Randy Savage. Now, that's my favorite uh, wrestler. Um, Did you watch the WWE? And who is your favorite performer? I I used to watch it, and I used to play the game. The game was so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, man, I haven't watched that in so long. I could not tell you. Rey Mysterio was my favorite. I even have a a Rey Mysterio mask. I legit have a Rey Mysterio mask. So, it's a... I don't know. It used to be used to be something I was into. I'm not into it anymore. Mike, you are a lightweight, as we know. I want to ask you about Makachev, Charles Oliveira, too. Who do you have and why? So I'm a, a Charles Oliveira fan. I like his style. I watched him Same. go on that losing streak all the way through his winning streak. I've watched his improvements, uh, the way he switched his game, the way he utilized his specialty like better than he ever has before and it brought him to championship material and i like i love that i love watching it i like his style so the first time didn't go his way i feel like the second time might be a little different only reason i say this is because when you fight somebody and you get a second opportunity saying you lost I feel like you're able to capitalize on the things you did wrong the first time, especially at that level. Um, strength, maybe, maybe strength played a part. Maybe he's working on his strength, working on keeping distance. Maybe he'll be the one to shoot stuff like that. You know, like I want to see, I want to see the change that he makes, and I'm hoping that it's the changes they needs to win. I would like to see Charles Oliveira win. However, you can't. The Dagestanians would have access to everything, man. <laughs> so it's very hard to uh, compete with that level. I ask fighters about the Dana White Contender Series because I think it's important. Now, you fought Sadiq Yusuf, which is another, a, another, another tough opponent. Yeah. yeah, another absolutely tough opponent. I want to ask you, what was that whole... Um, situation like the Dana White Contender Series, do you think it's like beneficial for the UFC? Not the way they're doing it now because they seem to be pulling multiple people off cards. So many. Like in in a one previous event they pulled everybody who won off into the UFC. Like you're just over flooding the the roster. Sorry. And uh 
I feel like that's causing it, it doesn't show it on the outside, but on the inside, it's causing an issue uh, with matchups, with money, with pay, this and that. I mean, so I think the Contender Series is good. The way they were doing it back when I did it, I, I fought in 2019 for the Contender Series, and they would pick like two people. And I feel like that's how it should be the two people that stood out the most. Um, maybe two or three out of the six, five, six fights they have. That that sounds good. And it, it allows people to really showcase their skill. They're picking the right people. Um, th these people have fought regionally and have tore the regional scene apart. Now they get their chance at the, the UFC. I think that's very smart, very good way to do it. The people who get dragged in from short notice fights to the UFC, I don't think that's smart. I feel like they should continue to offer to the roster already instead of dragging random individual off the street just because he's in the hometown or the town that the fight's in. So I like the Contenders. I do. I saw a video of you. Your coach said he's like a black belt, so we're going to start him off with his brown belt. What do I mean video. to you? What'd you say? My last video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did that mean to you, finally getting your brown belt in BJJ? So it's, uh... <sighs> BJJ is kind of like some uh, a hidden love of mine. And I've been a purple belt for... Man, I, I want to say I was approaching six years as a purple belt. <laughs> I just don't do gi class, but my skill set in the gi shows when I put one on. So during promotions, that was completely random. I showed up for promotions to, you know, be there for the team. And they do this like once or twice a year. I think, I honestly think they do it once a year, promotions. Once, once at our gym and once at another gym. So, you know, I show up for the team and randomly out of nowhere, I get my name called. And uh, yeah, I got my brown belt. Congratulations. How tall are you? You um you seem like you cut so much weight, dude. No. So you don't I, so how I'm, much I'm six foot. Cut? I'm six foot, but I I weigh like one seventy five. I don't know I don't oh, that's reasonable. I'm big. I am very big. But I do not weigh a lot. I see, I see. I want to ask you about the Italian symbol on your Instagram. What does that mean? Uh, my family is originated in Italy. Um, do you speak Italian? Italian? I do not. I was born here in the States. I would say I'm Sicilian, I believe. But I'm, to me, we say mulatto, um, white and Italian, black and Italian, anything mixed with Italian. So I call myself mulatto. I saw on YouTube they titled your fight against Thomas Gifford one of the worst beatdowns <laughs> in UFC history. How does that make you feel? And what can you tell us about that fight? That was another short notice fight. My first two fights in the UFC were short notice. Um, Gilbert Burns was five days, and no, Gilbert Burns was four days, and Thomas Gifford was five days. But I don't know, I felt good in both of those fights. Gilbert, clearly uh, the more skilled in that department at the time. I don't think the same anymore. But uh, Thomas Gifford, when I fought him, I was kind of like, 
had a, a, a rush when they offered me the fight. It was a Tuesday, Tuesday morning. And that day I was running, I was doing like, I did like 25 boxing rounds and then I wrestled for like 15 rounds and I was just like, I feel amazing. So we left Wednesday or Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening to go over to the event. And man, I, I felt great. I wasn't there to hurt anybody. I'm never there to hurt people. I just, the quicker you stop fighting me is the quicker we can all go home. But yeah, you have to lose. It's just how good. <laughs> so there's been ups and downs in your career as a fighter. How do you center yourself back onto the mission when things don't go your way? I don't know. Uh, this isn't my passion. So when I do hit a rough spot or a failure, like when I fought Sadiq, I was on a 26 fight win streak and I fought Sadiq. That was my first loss ever in my career. Um, it did make me kind of contemplate what I'm doing, contemplate what I'm doing. I was training at a boxing gym, solely a boxing gym that had, you know, a few guys that did BJJ and stuff. So I left that gym, went to a MMA gym, uh, stayed at that gym for a little bit until I went to ATT, where I really became a mixed martial artist. That's where I, I developed my skill set, um, my mentality of being, you know, a UFC fighter. Uh, I took two fights outside of that, won both of those in a regional scene against, you know, a national Muay Thai champion and the uh, professional lightweight champ, uh, Elvin Brito, who is now, he went on an undefeated streak in bare knuckle boxing. So that is, those, those showed me that I belong in the UFC, beating those two people out of the, the UFC in that regional scene. But then going back to the UFC, the second time I get offered a UFC fight, I lose again. So it definitely put me in a, a rough spot mentally, saying that like maybe I am not good enough for the UFC but I'm too good for regional scenes so it doesn't I don't know where I belong maybe like Bellator so I started I started thinking about you know things but I was already in the UFC after I fought Gilbert so I kind of after that I, I went immediately the, the next week or two after I fought Gilbert Burns I, I flew to Thailand to stay there for like a month and a half training Muay Thai learning developing my like discipline learning what they how they train uh i got to meet a bunch um bulk was there i got to meet a bunch of people who kind of just i watched and gained a perspective of what it's like to be a uc fighter came back pushed myself for training and fought thomas gifford beat him and then i knew after the the way i beat him i was like now we're on track and then the next guy mason jones same thing he barely hit me, but that was a it was back and forth, but he barely hit me. Again. And then I fought Slava and I feel like he hit me one time the whole fight. One good time. Which countries have you traveled to for training? Just Thailand. I did I did some training in Mexico recently. I went down there and trained at um Tulum Muay Thai. That was fun. I would I would go back and do a do like, you know, a couple weeks there. That'd be fun. That's cool. That's cool. Would you prefer more Mexico or Thailand? Thailand. Thailand's my favorite place. I would move to Thailand right now if I didn't have all this stuff. <laughs> That's crazy. 
Um, I've got a question. After doing some research on you, I think I found that you have an associate degree in psychology. Is this uh, is this uh, correct? No, I have an associates in exercise physiology and nutrition. Okay, well, be, let's, my, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cut this part out of the interview. We're gonna <laughs> fuck it up badly. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, I would, um, I would I would do psychology, but mentally <laughs> I'm not I'm not solidified in my own mind, so I couldn't talk about other people's. <laughs> Um, you brought up that Mason Jones fight. You got the performance of the night bonus. Is that is that yeah, correct? Yeah. yeah so uh, fight, what of was the night, the, fight of the month. Fight fight of the month. Yeah. Uh, did you get the Did you get the cash bonus? The fifty k. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about that? That whew, that that was good. That was the first time I really got paid from the UFC, and I was like, oh my god, this is so much money hit my bank account and I was like, wow, you, why are UFC fighters complaining about pay? I just got paid like three years worth of work in 15 minutes. So what do you mean? Pay is bad. I get it now. I get it now. After being in the UFC for a long time, I, I noticed how much effort goes into the stuff that I'm doing. So for me to be paid, even that, that amount, it still doesn't kind of equal out. And now I'm looking at it like, People that get entered into the like a draft pick or something like that for NFL, they're getting paid salary two hundred, three hundred thousand. No fighters making that until you're top ten. So you brought up about the money. I want to ask you: Do you have any side hustles or ventures you're working on right now? Yeah. So I do a lot of content creation, and I'm not just saying I make social media videos. Um, that's just a very small part. They do pay me to post, so I do that. But I make brand videos. Um, like recently, I, j I just got headphones. I make a brand video for Everlast contacted me, paid me for a brand video. Many, many Beacon, um, Viral. I'm a sponsored streamer, so I do stream as well. I'm a host for millions. I just, I'm uh, signing a new contract, a new three-month contract with them. We do three months at a time because every three months they, you know, up my pay as they should. So <laughs> uh, right now I'm a host for the fights. Uh, my next hosting event will be August 19th. It's uh, Sterling and O'Malley. So I'll be hosting that event. I'll be live on Twitch, Kick, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok all at the same time. And everybody just joins in and we chat. And I get paid for all this stuff. When I was looking at your Instagram you said something about when you want to get into MMA, you need to find a coach and a team to like, um, yeah. like the right coach and right team. How important is that to find find the right one? Should anyone just jump into any gym that's local, or should they take the time to really find what will work for them? They, the thing I would do is explore the gyms. I would do most gyms have you know like a trial class or even like a trial week, uh, depending on the gym. Or maybe if you're new in town, who knows, you can ask. I would find a gym that realizes you want to be a fighter. And this is me, you know, assuming you want to take fighting to a level of competition. Now, I would find a gym that tells you, keeps track of you, uh, pushes you, makes you do rounds, reps, um, drilling. They study, do the things you need to learn all this stuff and make it so they're building you as a fighter because most gyms, and I see it a lot, I travel a lot to a lot of gyms, most gyms 
you walk in, they wave, they make you sign in to see how many people they're getting paid for. Gyms that do that are just in it for like the money. They'll teach the normal things you got to teach, your basic, your basic fundamentals through jujitsu or or Muay Thai or striking, kickboxing, whatever you got. And they'll collect the paycheck at the end of the day and don't really care what you do. If you want to fight, sure, they'll find you a fight, but you lose, win, they just kind of walk away. I've seen it. So you spoke about trials in gyms. In 2019, you did the Tiger Muay Thai trials. What do you think about uh, Tiger Muay Thai as a gym? And can you run us through that experience? That was probably the gym I would choose if I was to live in Thailand. I would live in Phuket and train at Tiger Muay Thai. They, you know, UFC fighters are constantly in and out of that gym. Uh, Fazeev, he's one. I, I love training with him. He's a fun partner to train with. So, um, Did you train with, uh, I know you said Volk, but did you train with Chemaev and Shevchenko that are there as no, well too? No, they, they weren't there. Okay. They there. So living, uh, I, I want to live in Thailand. One day, you know, I'll go back and visit again. Um, the trials were fun. It was fun. That was, again, right after I fought Gilbert Burns, I was just like, I need to go somewhere. I got money now. Let me let me travel to Thailand. I've never been to Thailand. Uh, the tryouts were random, uh, sporadic. I applied after the the applications closed and they still accepted me. So I flew out. Um, I got sponsored to fly out. So my whole trip was covered. And it was, it started you off by, the, the whole point of the tryouts is to break you. It's to see if you have a fighter's mentality of not quitting. So you start off with this really hard strength and conditioning session where they just find out if you can, you know, keep up with a fighter's regimen. Then you go and you come back and you do uh, what they would they do the first day, kind of like an introduction. Then the next day you start the day with wrestling. You come back and then do BJJ. Next day you come in in the morning. You do Muay Thai, and then the three miles up Big Buddha run. It's like two and a half miles, but it's. It is some elevation, man. There's parts of that hill where you physically cannot run. You have to walk. You have to walk and push your legs down. So they'll go up. I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard run. Um, and then the last day is the the one that it's famous for, where the it's the pad holders, where they make you hit pads, but the pad holders, you know. You, they know you're going to throw this kick. So while you throw that kick, they kick your other leg and make you fall. And, and they just keep doing it. They knee you in the stomach, elbow you in the face, and just do all this stuff just to see if you'll break. And I don't know. That was probably the funnest. I got dropped. That was the first time I've ever been dropped. And it was, it was fun. It was an experience. So uh, how did you do during that time? During the tryouts? Yeah. I demolished everybody. There is not a single person there that matched my skill level. Yeah, I love to hear shit like that. I wasn't even good at the time. So what do you think the skill change from 2019 to 2023 has been like for you? Amazing. Drastic. And not even, it's not, it's not from 2019 to, to now. Because I did, I got hit by a car in 2020. Like right after the Thomas Gifford fight, uh, COVID hit. While COVID was 
a big thing, like booming and nobody could go outside. Um, we had the curfew, right? Everybody would go out and run during the day. That was the thing. We'd go out, do a run with their mask on, and I rode my bike, mask, and my headphones on. I went to go across the beach crosswalk, and I got T-boned off my bicycle. And Really? After, yeah. Holy so, uh, shit, dude. That's why I haven't. I didn't fight at all in 2020. I got the fight at the end of December to fight Mason Jones. I took that fight. Um, I, I still had pain, but it was, you know, I was, I was mobile. I was moving. I was, I was training. I was doing good. I took that fight, got MRIs done. Bro, my body was wrecked. I had tears oh. up and down my entire body, my knees, my shoulders, um, my glute, my, my ass cheek. Uh, my neck, I had tears all up and down my, my body, my bones that were cracked. I used the Mason Jones fight to get the right side of my body fixed. I let that heal. It took a year. It took a little more than a year. It took like a, a year and some. I, my hand, I broke my hand in the fight. So that was additional to what already happened. So my hand took like eight months to heal. My shoulder took like six months to heal. And then my knee took like three months to heal. So I was out for like a year and a half. I think they said 619 days or something like that. I fought Slava Claus right after I was able to just, just good enough to fight. Took And I used his insurance from the UFC to do my left side, my left shoulder. And I'm right now I'm healing from it. I had my rotator cuff, my rotator cuff surgery and my meniscus and I hurt like a motherfucker. How are you feeling now? Do you have any, you, you feel good? You feel good? That feel is really the most good. fucked up thing I've ever heard, man. Yeah, no, so. I, feel, I feel super good right now. I Once this shoulder heals, it's it's a new me. How it's much rehab like, have you done, my friend? It's been two months. Two months of rehab? Yeah. That is crazy, dude. That's the rotator cuff is bad, bro. The rotator, I do not recommend anyone <laughs> stretch. Don't let your rotator cuff pull because that this is bad. It's like six to eight months, they said. It's been two. I feel like I'm still going to try and fight by the end of the year, but I'm being optimistic. And uh, I'm probably going to, you know, I'll probably still end up doing it just because it's who I am. And I'll fight a little, a little injured, but I know that whatever happens, I get fixed. Have the UFC come to you with uh, a new matchup, or are you eyeing an opponent? No, I, I'm suspended until clearance. I, I see, because of the injuries. Yeah, yeah. I got suspended. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. See, I, I can't find all the information. You know what I mean? I try and do my research, but I can't find yeah. everything. And, dude, that fell through the crack, and that that is one of the craziest things I've heard oh, of anyone telling yeah. me. Yeah, holy shit. Fuck. Yeah, it was bad. It was a hit and run too. I got hit by a, a Mercedes, smacked me off my bike, smacked the ground, rolled. Uh, I guess my adrenaline was pumping because I just got up. I was mad and I picked up my bike and threw it off the road. And when I did that, the guy drove off. He stopped. Whoa. He stopped for a second. And then uh, once I picked up my bike and like threw it, I guess he got, he just like, oh, he's fine. And drove off. Nah, he, he saw you shadow boxing and he went, nah, nah, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I want to ask you about Pete White. So Pete White boxing and MMA, when did you first start there and uh, what are the guys like there? I couldn't tell you when I started there. Maybe like 2015. 
Um, amazing. I, I love P. White. P. White was like a father to me. And training at his gym, I was definitely the, the star pupil. Me and uh, this guy, Kimon. He's a professional undefeated boxer. Really tall, like 6'3", super long range. He was my number one sparring partner. He was like the only guy that, you know, was matchup for me. But I liked the gym because they focused on me when I had fights coming up. Even when I didn't have fights coming up, they invited me to like Christmas. Like I said, you find a gym that treats you like family. So I got invited to birthday parties and Christmas and Thanksgiving because it was just me down here at the time. I didn't have, I don't, I still don't have, my family's here, but I just don't really do the holidays with them. So to be invited, it felt really good. I stayed with this gym for until 2020, where I moved. I moved down south to train at ATT. You're really lean. What's your diet and nutrition like? Anything. Probably nah, no way, no <laughs> way you eat shit, no way. This is pro it's probably what I eat the most, is Chick-fil-A. No probably, way you're lying to me right probably now. Probably once a day. Yeah, at least Chick-fil-A at least once a day. No way you drink alcohol and you eat Chick-fil-A. You are bullshitting me right now. No, like every day. No, 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 that, that can't be right. I don't, dude. Drink, dude, I don't you... drink like an alcoholic. I drink like, uh, here. Boom. Like a glass of wine while I, pl while I play video games for eight hours. Mike, real question for you. How are you going to be a ranked lightweight if you're eating Chick-fil-A? Easy. I'm better. It's just, the, just, just, because, just because I eat bad doesn't mean my skill set isn't top tier. I'm world class. I made it to the UFC. I'm top 1% in the world. I'm a world no, class but, athlete, regardless dude, of how I eat. Dude, dude, if you ate if you ate like a champion with your championship skills, I feel like your skills are getting inhibited by that diet, dude. I would just be hungry. <laughs> dude, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you get like a chef to cook you up some healthy like good shit? Like you don't have to be eating Chick-fil-A. We're like bottom feeder fighters right now. I I make good money, but not good enough to hire a personal chef. I'm not Conor McGregor. <laughs> Do you have a friend that cooks or something? No, I cook myself. I just don't want to. <laughs> Mike, that, that's crazy. The only other fighter that I've seen get takeout like that is uh, Masvidal. Do you know about his <laughs> expeditions with the, with the uh, pizza joints? Do you know about that? Um, I saw when he was scheduled to fight, like, Usman, he stopped and in italy and got pizza on his flight out there yeah i saw all that that's hilarious um what's your mentality switch up during like a, a fight camp where where do you go mentally to uh prep yourself for what people refer to as war don't i i feel like i'm one of the only people that don't care enough a lot of people went um my teammates, man, when they get a fight, they start like pacing around the gym, head down all the time, in the zone, always pushing themselves to like, the break. And it's just the same. I have fun. Uh, people try to study my fights, my clips, all that, all that stuff that I post. Yeah, I fight like that? No. I fight. I'm smart. That's that's probably what gets me by. I just I learn very fast. The first round, I'm going to know who you are as a fighter, and I'll just break you down in a second. 
Caceres actually said that to me. You know Alex Caceres? Yeah. He said to me that, why are you freaking out and getting pumped up? I thought you loved fighting. So he sees all these fighters get angry before their fights to yeah. pump them up. And he said, he said he loves fighting so much that he's smiling and almost in tears when he comes to the cage. So oh, it's, no. it's, that, it's, that's, see, that's, that's people with passion for fighting. I'm not, I'm not that person. I just, I know I get paid afterwards and then I get to travel. I get to eat food. I get to buy a, anything I want. Literally like I go to the store and pick up a pair of a Gucci bag just cause I can. It's like, that's what I like. I like the freedom that fighting gives you. So I fight for that freedom, but there's no anger. There's no, uh, need to prove myself. There's none of this stuff. I'm probably one of the most laid back, uncaring fighters. I hate fighting. I just do it for that freedom. That is insane. Mike, what are your goals for the next two, five and 10 years in your MMA journey? What do you see yourself doing? 10 years. I'll be 40. What are you? Man, I, I plan to look dude, like dude, Joel Romero. Dude, don't, 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 don't <laughs> think any type of way. You got Glover Teixeira, you got Yoel Romero. Come on, you're the next one. If I look like Yoel Romero when I'm 40, I'll keep fighting. Um, <laughs> two, two years, I plan to, you know, I, I'll, I'll probably be in top 15, top 10 by then. Um, let's assuming my body cooperates. Uh, five years... I've, I will have fought for or held the belt. So and that would be, that would be like, you know, the lifetime thing, the, the goal, the, I can see myself with a belt. I can see myself adding, adding one to that wall, right in the middle, right in the middle there at the bottom. Fuck the yeah. belt. <laughs> so I can, I can see that happening. And then 10 years, if I'm still able to fight, it'd be like once a year. But the main thing I'd be doing would be using the brand that I created through fighting to make residual income, would it, would it be real estate opening, uh, you know, my own brand being a, a partner streamer. I made it, I make the 10 K a month that most streamers do all that stuff. Who inspired you to start fighting in general? I don't think anybody did. I kind of took it upon myself to learn how to defend myself when I was um, in high school. I got bullied too much. I was really, I was just a small kid. So I learned boxing and I joined the wrestling team. And from there, I just, my mother actually introduced me to MMA. She told me her coworkers do something where it's like boxing and wrestling together. And she didn't know what it was called, but I went and trained with them and I loved it. It was perfect. We watched YouTube videos and, and did the moves on the floor. So it was, I don't know. That's how I learned. I started taking fights. I joined an actual gym after I liked it so much. And I just kept winning fights. They, they would sign me up for a fight. It would be whoever this and this guy, two and no guy, this guy, he's like feared by everybody. Take this fight. This guy, he trains with, uh, uh George St. Pierre and, and Spencer page from the ultimate fighter was in his corner. And, and this guy and I just beat everybody, like anybody they put in front. I just beat him. So I was like, "Cool." I just kept doing it. I had no intention, and I didn't even know about the UFC until like my fifth fight. 
then I, I didn't even think about out getting to the UFC. I just kept fighting to see what would happen. And it was, you know, it was giving me reputation. People knew me as a fighter. I, I got, you know, better treatment from everybody. Then I became a pro and I started winning my pro fights. And everybody kept saying, Mike, you're UFC, UFC this, UFC that. And so after my third U- pro fight, I thought I would take it to the UFC. No matter what it took, I would, I would make it to the UFC. I did. Two fights after. Mike, uh, are you saying that you didn't know about the UFC for your first five fights? Are you serious? Yeah. I just knew MMA training. I didn't know. what. I just boxing. I knew who Mike Tyson was. That was it. That's That's... the gym I trained at. I trained at Mike Tyson's gym. Really? Which gym was that? Custom Autos. I trained with Kevin Rooney. He was my first coach for boxing. He was Mike Tyson's coach. That's crazy, dude. The little Easter egg, little Easter egg. <laughs> um, what do you consider your best um, strength? Would you say it's that boxing? Yeah, probably boxing. And then second underneath that? Wrestling. I would have said jujitsu. Why do you say wrestling? I wrestled so much. I wrestled middle school, high school, college club. And then when I moved to Florida, I trained with J.D. Robbins, who is an Olympic coach, and Steve Mako, Mako, who is an Olympic coach. I trained with them for, my God, like eight years. (laughs) Mike, people go to Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand to learn striking and stuff. And like, really, really, they come back and their striking is just absurd. Why don't people go to Russia, Dagestan or Chechnya, find somebody that they can get in with? and train at a wrestling gym there. Why, why like, don't people do that? I don't know. I feel like U.S. citizens going to Russia, I feel like that's not a good thing. I just feel like <laughs> you, you either you either don't really make it back, you get – I don't know. Every time I hear someone going to Russia, the, the NBA, the, the chick, didn't she get put in jail over in Russia or something like that? I just don't think um, it's – and then they uh, hold on. Is that the story where they like traded some like arms dealer, some like terrorist I, I or an NBA player? I have no idea. I, have no idea. <laughs> I just I don't trust it. I, I'm not going over there. Okay. Um, dream matchup um, at lightweight or welterweight or featherweight, whatever division you think you past, present, or future. Who would you like to fight? Who would I like to fight? I wouldn't like to fight anybody. Again, don't like <laughs> who. Think about the future. If you had, if you had a fighter from the future that was like, um, I would, like, I would say, Davis I don't, don't want to fight him as, as of a, like a dislike or anything. I just, I love his fights and has energy. So Max Holloway. That's a cool fight. That's a cool fight. What was the most challenging fight of your career so far? It could be a fight that you won as well. My first fight. That's where I didn't really know what I was doing. I, the guy was just as good as me, and I won by a split decision. Uh, wrestling, boxing, all that, all the nine yards, headgear, shin pads, uh, MMA gloves. It was hard to understand. I was hot. I, I had Taco Bell right before the fight. I didn't understand dieting. I didn't understand anything. So I think I felt the worst before and after that fight, and that's probably my hardest one. Seeing that you said that you're so laid back, do you study and analyze your opponents or do you no. get in there? 
you don't so you get in there and you just um fight with whatever they bring to you yep because i don't care what you can do i know what i can do and i feel like my skill set is better than yours and i'm getting to that point mentally where it's just i'm i'm this giddy little kid bro i'm a kid I, I play video games all fucking day, and then I eat candy. I eat twi- bags of Twizzlers and Chick Fil A and drink all the time. And then I show up with the skill set that I know, and I analyze you within two minutes because I'm super smart. I see everything you do. I, I realize how strong you are, how fast you are, the power you have, what your game plan is, all within like two minutes. And then for the rest of the fight, good luck. That's pretty much it. <laughs> last question what advice would you give to aspiring fighters that want to get into mike davis's position my position where drill. you are now drill, in life. people don't drill a lot fighters don't drill a lot right even right now i show up at the gym and all the people who have made it the ufc fighters except for one two there's two in there that they excessively drill but most of them they show up late skip warm up do the sparring part go home they don't drill they don't learn they don't nothing so you want to be in a position up here drill get better in every single aspect of mma um ask questions if you ever get caught in something ask questions ask how you get out of it ask how you got in it learn everything you can never let it happen again if you get caught in a guillotine the next you should never get caught in a guillotine again you should learn everything you can from the person that got it and if you do get caught in it, learn from everything from that person that got you in it until you can't get caught in it anymore. You just keep doing that through everything. You become untouchable. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Mike Davis, for coming on the show. Is there any final remarks or comments you want to say to the fans at home before we wrap up the podcast? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like talking to everybody. I, I really do. It's the thing that I enjoy the most. Um, that's probably my passion, uh, just encouraging and talking to people. So what I do is I stream, of course, on Twitch and Kick, Facebook and YouTube, Mike Davis UFC for all of them. You'll find me there. Um, join me April or April, August 19th for the O'Malley and Sterling fight live. Uh, we'll be watching it. I mean, I can't pro it live, but you'll be watching it with me side by side and we can talk about it. That's it. Follow Mike Davis on Instagram, link in the description. Watch his streams. Subscribe to Anything Combat on YouTube. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Cool.